You're hanging out After Hours with Matt Anderson, presented by Inside the Gamecocks. Welcome into the Late Night Gamecock Show. I am your host, Matt Anderson, and I am your source for all things Gamecocks After Dark. So as, y'all, as everyone that listens to this show frequently knows, um, normally this show is released on Mondays on YouTube Live. So we have a lot of fun on Monday nights at 9 p.m. on YouTube. And uh, we have a chat box. We have some conversations that are had. It's, it's a lot more interactive than an episode like tonight. Tonight's episode is actually being recorded on Wednesday, December 13th, 2023, right around 8.20, well, exactly at 8.22 p.m. Uh, the reason for that is that I'm going to head out of town starting tomorrow. I'll be back on Monday. So we'll have our live show Monday, just like always, on YouTube at 9 p.m. But got some family stuff going out of town for. I'm going to spend some time with the family. It should be a good time. Really excited for this little mini vacation before Christmas. But just wanted to say that so you guys and gals know that if I miss anything that happened on Thursday, um, don't hold it against me. Um, So we'll talk about all of that and anything that happens between now and and Monday on Monday's show at 9 p.m. on YouTube. Um, real quick off the top, um, you may have missed this, but I have I have dipped my my toes into the social media world. Um, really not a big social media guy. I can't promise how active I'll be on there. I can promise I'll check it, you know, once a day or something. But I'm not going to be, you know, one of those people that tweets. You know, it is Twitter, by the way. Um, a guy that tweets out, you know. 100 tweets a day or retweets 100 things a day. I mean, I'll check it just to see if you guys are are asking me any questions, have any concerns, anything like that. But um, I'm not, I'm I'm going to be somewhat less active on social media than I am on on thebigspur.com. But um, the the handle actually on Twitter is late night gamecock, and it's spelled kind of weird because Twitter only allows you to have 15 characters, so it's um capital L. The number eight as an Ocho. So capital L eight and then it's Knight spelled N I T E and then Gamecock spelled just as you would imagine. So late night Gamecock is my Twitter handle. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll try and be more and more active on there, but it, it's, it's something new for me. And, you know, as the saying said, as the saying goes, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but um, you can find me there, but if, if you want a more direct answer to anything that I'm going to talk about tonight or anything that's on your mind, you can always reach out to me at um, on Gmail at um, latenightgamecockshow at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on the Big Spur message board under the username Matt Anderson. If you're not a member of the Big Spur, I highly recommend that you join the Big Spur. I mean, these past couple of days have been amazing to be on the Big Spur and, and just seeing Gamecock fans come together. Speaking about message boards and and what's been going on there, um, if you are a member of the Big Spur, you kind of know what it's been like the last, I'd say, uh, week and a half-ish, maybe maybe two and a half weeks. But essentially, since the transfer portal opened, um, Gamecock fans have been on pins and needles, both on who are the Gamecocks going to lose, who are they going to get, who's going to come in on an official visit, the sky is falling. The earth is going to stop spinning. The sun's not coming up tomorrow. And the good news is that that, that did not occur. Uh, the Gamecocks were, were honestly very, very fortunate um, with the transfer portal and, the, and 
you know, that window opening. Uh, Gamecocks, uh, as it stands right now, have lost 18 players to the transfer portal, but only three of those I would consider as, you know, pretty big losses. And those losses being, you know, first and foremost, Juice Wells. And yes, we will talk about Juice Wells a little bit later in this show. Uh, Mario Anderson, uh, running back Mario Anderson. Um, I think he's down to Southern Cal, Oklahoma, and Memphis. I, I don't know where he's going to go. And if that news is broken and I missed it, I apologize. And then place kicker Mitch Jeter. So all in all, the Gamecocks lost 18 players. Of those 18, I would, if I'm a Gamecock fan, I'm only going to be you know, kind of wringing my hands over three of them. But of those three, um, we'll talk about Mario Anderson first and the running back room. Goodness gracious almighty, hats off to Shane Beamer, hats off to the coaching staff, hats off to the NIL collectives, all of those things because a rocket took off from Little Rock, Arkansas and landed in Columbia, South Carolina tonight. Um, Raheem Sanders, Raheem Rocket Sanders, a running back from Arkansas, um, officially announced tonight that he will be a Gamecock. He has committed to South Carolina. He brings a wealth of experience to the Gamecock running back room. He brings a wealth of talent to the Gamecock running back room. And for for my money, I don't know if there was a better transfer portal running back in the portal this cycle than Rocket Sanders. Uh, Rocket Sanders is a bigger back. Uh, he was kind of like a wide receiver in high school, and South Carolina finished second in his recruitment. But he will be a Gamecock next season, and he will be running back one. Uh, for those of you that don't know much about him, you know Rocket Sanders was a first-team All-SEC player two years ago. I think he had over 1,400 yards rushing at Arkansas. Um, fits what Dowell Loggins wants to do to a T. Uh, he didn't have the, the best season last year. He battled a lot of injuries, and if you can believe it, Arkansas's offensive line was, was actually worse than South Carolina's this past season. But he's going to be a Gamecock, and he's he's you know gonna be you know just a stud. Even if the Gamecocks get you know somewhere in between two years ago and last year, Rocket Sanders. I mean, it's still you're talking about a top five, top four, top three running back in the SEC. So, at arguably the one of the biggest positions of need in the transfer portal to get a Rocket Sanders. Yeah, I, just Gamecock fans be excited about that. Um, you know, it wasn't just Rocket Sanders that the Gamecocks got through the transfer portal. There's another guy from North Texas, Oscar Attaway. Um, real quick, before I talk about Oscar, Rocket Sanders only has one year of eligibility. Um, Rocket has everything in the world to play for, you know, trying to get to the NFL and putting stuff on tape. Likely would have been a you know, top four-round NFL draft pick if he had had the season that he wanted, like if he wasn't hurt. So to get for the Gamecocks to get that kind of player, that's awesome. But Oscar Attaway is another player um, that the Gamecocks received a commitment from. I think that was late last night. Oscar Attaway is a five foot ten, two hundred and twenty pound running back, can kind of do it all. Um, probably, probably in, in at his best as a like zone read duo type player. But someone that you know, if you put the blocks in front of him. He's, he has potential to go a very long long way running the football. I know the Gamecock coaching staff is ecstatic for both of these players. 
Um, and this is no shade at all on Mario Anderson, but if if you were worried the Gamecocks weren't going to get the caliber player of Mario Anderson when he walked out the door, uh, Gamecocks just got two of them, and they might they might actually be better off, um, you know, without Mario Anderson, if if it's a two for one type of trade. Obviously, the Gamecock coaching staff and the Gamecock fans and myself included would love to have Mario Anderson back. I love the way that guy competed, the way he played. I wish he could be a part of like this three-headed backfield that the Gamecocks are looking at for next season. But, you know, wish Mario Anderson the best. Um, yeah, a really, really good guy. And I, I can't stress it enough. I hope that he has as much success as he can possibly handle at his next stop. But looking at the running back room right now, obviously Rocket Sanders, Oscar Attaway are probably going to be the, the one and two running backs on the depth chart. You still have Juju McDowell, and Juju is an excellent – you know, change of pace back, you know, out make plays out of the backfield. Um, you know, you look back at Florida, I think he had two touches and two touchdowns. So Juju is an excellent, excellent player that's going to kind of be the leader of this running back room and, and letting the running backs know what's what's acceptable at South Carolina, what we're trying to do. And, and, and Juju is going to play his role and play it really, really well. Then you have DJ Braswell coming back, um, showed some flashes at South Carolina in his freshman year. Still a guy that I've said for a while probably needs to gain some weight to be able to play in the SEC consistently, but this just alleviates a lot of pressure from DJ Braswell and allows him time to develop and mature. Uh, freshman uh, or incoming freshman, Matthew Fuller, a kid that I'm ridiculously high on. Uh, he's going to be a really, really, really good running back in time at South Carolina, but this just gives him more time to acclimate to college, get ready, for what's in store over his next, you know, three to four years as a running back in South Carolina. But Matthew Fuller's a guy that I think could play in the NFL, um, you know, before before it's all said and done. So breaking it down right now, you got five running backs in the room. Five's a good number. Um, I, I, I don't think the Gamecock coaching staff would turn down a sixth running back if there was another person out there. And I think that there is. Um, and I don't think it's Daniel Fuller. I think that um, Daniel – or I think it's Daniel. No, Daniel Hill. I'm confusing Daniel Hill and Matthew Fuller. Yeah, I don't think Daniel Hill is actually going to be a part of this recruiting class. Um, he hasn't visited since the summer. I think the Gamecocks have always kind of been his fallback option. I don't think he's going to end up in Alabama unless some things change. Uh, the latest stuff I heard on Daniel Hill was look out for Mississippi State. And if he wants to go to Mississippi State, that's fantastic. I wish him well. And – and you really won't know what the Gamecocks missed out on until two or three years down the road and see what Daniel Hill turns into. But I know the coaching staff is very excited about the running backs that will be on the roster next year. And, and if Daniel Hill wants to come to South Carolina, they're not going to turn him down. But don't lose sleep over that. I know that you know it, it seems crazy that we're talking about a recruit now because all we've been talking about is the transfer portal. But So don't lose sleep, lose sleep, lose sleep there. At wide receiver, um, we'll, we'll go ahead and talk about the two guys that have committed that are part of the program because I'm really excited about both of them. Uh, the first one committed um, yesterday, and his name is Jared Brown, a wide receiver from Coastal Carolina. He has two years of eligibility left. Um, just a, a really, really good player. I think that you know when you look at what Eddie Lewis might have been at South Carolina, if he could have kept his head on straight, been motivated, did, done the right things, um, I think you would see Jared Brown being very similar to an Eddie Lewis. He's a kid that 
has a lot of deep speed, can get behind the defense, um, can you know make people miss in space. I, I've seen a couple of highlights of him where he you know took a 50-yard screen pass to the house. Uh, a guy that that had a lot of lot of opportunities to go to Power Five schools, SEC schools. Um, got to South Carolina, decided that's where he wanted to be, and shut down the the transfer recruiting process. And that's all you can ask for um, from a kid like that. So Gamecock coaching staff is is like absolutely ecstatic to have Jared Brown. Outside of that, um, Gamecocks did pick up a wide receiver commitment from Jada McGowan. Uh, Jada McGowan's kind of like in the Amarion Brown phylum uh, type of player. He he was a a two year contributor at Vanderbilt. Called eighty passes for eight hundred some odd yards. Had some rushing yards as well. Kick returner, punt returner. Uh, just a really really fast and electric player that has is from Lawrence, South Carolina. Had dreams of playing for South Carolina. Shane Beamer told him in his you know post-official visit, exit interview that Gamecocks probably made a mistake not taking him out of high school. He's a kid that's had dreams of returning a returning a punt or a kickoff, you know, with Sandstorm playing right before it and then Sandstorm playing right after it. So J.D. McGowan's a kid that I think we should get excited about. Probably best used as a slot wide receiver. Probably a little bit better hands, maybe a lot better hands than Amarion Brown. But same type of player and and we all know that when Amarion was playing well, and, and he played well a lot at South Carolina. You know, people remember him for his drops, but the offense ran very smoothly with Amarion Brown in there and, and doing what Amarion could do. So, Jaden McGowan's got two years to play. Jared Brown's got two years to play. Rocket Sanders has one year to play, and Oscar Attaway probably has two years to play if he gets a medical redshirt for his ACL. He suffered earlier in his career at North Texas. So that does it on the offensive side of the ball right now. On the defensive side of the ball, Gamecocks picked up a huge, and I mean literally and figuratively, huge commitment from DeAndre Jules. Uh, DeAndre Jules is a Pittsburgh transfer, defensive tackle, six foot two, three hundred and ten pounds. Had you know, I think seven and a half tackles for loss last year, two sacks, a forced fumble, and if the Gamecocks are going to stay in that that 3-3-5 defense, which I think is a possibility. I don't know if it'll be the base base formation, but you know, I think that if the Gamecocks do do a lot of 3-3-5 next year, this guy is going to be somebody that you can stick in the middle and just run through him. And, and it's a really good thing for a kid like Jerome Simpson, who just committed to South Carolina, who's kind of in the mold of a DeAndre Jules, to be able to learn from him for a year. Um... You know, when you play it, when you play a three-three-five, you know, you have the opportunity to have a lot of flexibility with depth. You have a lot of flexibility with rotation and getting fresh guys out there all the time in that front six. And if that's something the Gamecocks want to do, they picked up a really good anchor for that. You know, not even taking into account the guys they have coming back that are really, really good. And and I can't guarantee the Gamecocks are going to play a three-three-five. And you know, and honestly. I don't think I prefer a three three five. I kinda like a you know, a four three. Four three four, that that's fantastic. That's kind of more traditional. But if you can get those big anchor defensive tackles that can just eat up offensive linemen, create lanes for blitzers to come in, you know, make offensive linemen block one guy with two people, that's what I prefer. And and I think the Gamecocks are gonna get a lot better there. So 
I know I talk a lot about three three five because that's what the Gamecocks have played, you know, the last four games of the twenty twenty three regular season. But getting these big defensive tackles in like a Jerome Simpson and a DeAndre Jules, pairing them with what's coming back on the defensive line, uh, I can't just stress enough how excited I am for the transfer portal additions so far on both sides of the ball. Um, right now, before we, we kind of transition, and we'll, we'll transition in a second, but uh, Tony Morrell, my colleague at TheBigSpur.com, um, kind of sent off fireworks today when he talked about the door not being completely closed on Juice Wells coming back to South Carolina. And, you know, listeners of this show, listeners of, you know, ITG, Inside the Gamecocks, the Big Spur folks kind of know that this kind of came out of left field. I I don't know the, the situation around it. I, I've heard some things. Um, I don't know if it, I don't think it's a straight NIL money thing. I know that Juice had a really, really good option on the table at South Carolina. I will say that, you know, if you're a Gamecock fan and you're just sick of Juice Wells and you feel like he handled it, you know, poorly, please just keep your comments to yourself because right now, like that, that has had an impact on Juice Wells and it would have an impact on you, it would have an impact on me. You know, I I learned a long time ago that you somebody can't make you feel something. You have to give them permission to let you feel some kind of way. And you know, I've always been somebody that said like I'm not going to tarnish somebody. You know, no matter how they make me feel or how it makes me feel, like being mean to somebody doesn't really impact my life. Especially, you know, these fans with Juice Wells in particular that have never met the kid never spent time with him, just make themselves feel better by saying something mean on his social media. If you want Juice to come back, and if you're a Gamecock fan, I think you do, I would definitely curtail that. Um, you know, what, what does your mom say? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Uh, I would I would encourage that. I don't know how likely it is. I probably wouldn't even put it at 50-50 at this point. I'd probably put it at, you know, I hate doing percentages, because you know, you're leaving yourself open to be really, really wrong. But I don't think it's a 50-50 type thing. I think it's a you know, could happen, could not. So if you want to call it 50-50, whatever. There's 50%, 50% chance he, he comes back to South Carolina, uh, 50% chance he goes elsewhere because that's just how uh, math works. So um, maybe we'll get good news on Juice. Um, if we do, I'll be sure to talk about it. I didn't think I was ever going to talk about Juice Wells again on this show. But here we are, and if he wants to come back, I think it would be a thing that South Carolina fans um, should embrace just because it doesn't it doesn't make any sense not to embrace it. You can have your own opinions on it, but future players see you know how you how you how you talk on social media and you know all that kind of stuff to to current and former players, and it gets noticed. I'll just leave it at that. So the other big news here is that the 2024 SEC football schedule has been released, and we'll just kind of go with South Carolina to start. So on August 31st, the South Carolina Gamecocks will host Old Dominion, and so that's week one. Week two, the Gamecocks head to Lexington, Kentucky to play the Kentucky Wildcats. Week three, which is September 14th, the Gamecocks will host the LSU Tigers in Columbia 
And then in um, September 21st, so that's week four, the Gamecocks will host Akron in Columbia. After that, the Gamecocks have a bye week on September 28th. Their next game will be against Ole Miss in Columbia. So South Carolina will host Ole Miss. And then it follows that up with two tough ones, Alabama and Tuscaloosa, and then Oklahoma and Norman. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the first games in set or two of the first seven games involve South Carolina traveling to Tuscaloosa and Norman, Oklahoma in back to back weeks. So uh, we'll keep going through this. The Gamecocks, after that tough back to back road stretch, will have a bye week. They will then host Texas A&M in Columbia at Williams Bryce Stadium on November 2nd. On November 9th, they will travel to Nashville, Tennessee to play against Vanderbilt. And then November 14th, you got Missouri at home in Williams Bryce Stadium. Then you host Wofford in Columbia. And then November 30th, you go to Clemson for the final game of the season. So looking at the schedule, um, no doubt in my mind, like, yeah, this is a, it's a tough schedule. It's not a fun schedule. <laughs> Gamecocks have a, have a lot, have a lot to have a lot to do, um, getting ready for this, but you know, kind of breaking it down. We'll kind of break it down by the bye weeks, you know, starting out, you have old dominion. That should be a win for South Carolina. Then you travel to Lexington, Kentucky. The Gamecocks will be looking to get three in a row against Kentucky. Um, with all the transfer portal additions, the guys that Carolina is getting back, um, what's happening in Kentucky. Obviously, Kentucky got Brock Vandegriff, um, a transfer quarterback, former five-star from Georgia. Don't know what Kentucky will look like. Um, same thing can be said the following weekend when you have LSU in Columbia. Uh Jaden Daniels is thankfully going pro and you know, former or this past year's Heisman winning trophy guy. So don't want him coming back to Baton Rouge, but we don't know what LSU would look like. All we know is that LSU always has a lot of talent. And then, you know, closing out those first four games before the bye week, Gamecocks have Akron. Looking at that, I mean, really, you got to think the Gamecocks will beat Old Dominion and Akron. So after the first four weeks, you're looking at worst two and two. I think the Gamecocks have just as much talent as Kentucky, maybe more. Um, so maybe the Gamecocks get that win against Kentucky. And then LSU, LSU has a lot of talent. I don't know who their quarterback is going to be. I wasn't impressed with their backup this season. I, I haven't done much research. And, and look, we're taking a very, very, very preliminary look at all this stuff. But if you look at the first four games, you know, likely Gamecocks will be 2-2. Two and two. And then you get to the Ole Miss, Alabama, Oklahoma stretch. Pretty scary stretch there, you know, just looking at that honestly. Uh, Ole Miss, Alabama, Oklahoma. Ole Miss won 10 games. I think Oklahoma won 9 or 10 games this year. Alabama won 11 games. They're probably going to have a heck of a lot of talent back. Uh, good thing is you get Ole Miss and Columbia. I don't know. I mean, I would probably put all three of those games as probable losses at this point. Maybe not Oklahoma. They got they got to find a new quarterback as well. And then you got that bye week in between. You close it out with Texas A&M, Vanderbilt, Missouri, Wofford, Clemson. Look, we'll we'll spend so so much time on this schedule the entire off season. 
we got to figure out who South Carolina gets on their roster. We got to figure out who leaves other rosters, who's added to other rosters. Um, it's tough, but yeah, you know, looking at that, it's it's going to be that way going forward for South Carolina. Um, you probably got three guaranteed wins on the schedule. Four if you include Vanderbilt. So you got to find two somewhere else to get bowl eligible. Uh, looking around at the rest of the SEC, my God, looking at Florida's schedule. Um, so Florida plays Miami at home. Then they play Samford in Gainesville. They play Texas A&M in Gainesville, and they play Mississippi State. So Florida's going to be in a very similar situation they were to start this season. Um, in Miami might be tough. Texas A&M, you don't know. I mean, the, Florida has to get off to a good start. But then they go Central Florida, Tennessee, Kentucky. But if you look at their last five games, I don't know what Florida did to the SEC, but Georgia in Jacksonville, so a neutral site game. You go to Texas in Austin to play the Texas Longhorns. You have LSU at home. You have Ole Miss at home. And then you go to, to Florida State at, in Tallahassee. So be on the lookout. I mean, this is the fun part about these schedule releases. And we'll break it all down. But I think that it's been really interesting to watch Shane Beamer and Billy Napier at South Carolina, obviously, and then Billy Napier at Florida. And just seeing, you know, what they do as coaches because – they're always going to be tied together in Gamecock fandom, and that's a tough one for Billy Napier at Florida. Um, tough one for South Carolina, too. Uh, looking at Georgia, I thought Georgia had a pretty interesting schedule. Um, you might not realize this, but they open up against Clemson next year in Atlanta to start the season. And then they go to Alabama. They play Auburn. They go to, they go to Austin to play Texas. They play, you know, Florida and Jacksonville. We just talked about. They go to, they go to Oxford to play Ole Miss. They play Tennessee at home, and then they finish with UMass and Georgia Tech. So everybody wants to like. We all live in this Gamecock bubble of, you know, this is the hardest schedule in the world. How can anyone have a harder one? And and look, the Gamecocks are always going to have a top five schedule in the country because. They play in a full-blown SEC schedule, and they have Clemson every single year. But they're, they're, I, I'm, I've looked at this SEC schedule slate, and I don't see an easy one that's there. I don't look at this and think that anybody has a chance to go you know, 12-0 next year. I, I'll be surprised if it happens, and maybe that's just where we're going with these, these larger college football conferences that you're not going to have an undefeated team, and maybe that's why they're going to 12 teams. But... Um, I'm excited for the Gamecocks. I, I don't think that, you know, there's a reason to think that, you know, they'll definitely lose to LSU at home. I don't think there's a reason that they'll definitely lose to Ole Miss at home, definitely lose to Texas A&M at home, Missouri at home. I think that South Carolina does have a really good chance to get to, you know, six, seven, eight, nine wins. Yeah, I think 10 wins is probably out of the question. But that's what, that's what the Gamecocks have to do because – you know, looking at the roster, looking at the players that are coming in, uh, this next season needs to be a bowl game, needs to be a good bowl game, and needs to compete in the SEC. And then 2025, you know, old Gamecock thing, wait till next year. But I really do have 2025 circled as the year the Gamecocks can make really, really big moves. Um, so tying this up, like, why am I so confident and excited about next season and the following season? Uh I think the Gamecocks might have 
you know, a top 10 recruiting class in the country this year. I know that the Gamecocks are kind of missing on certain positions and certain um, sides of the ball in this recruiting class, but I think that per player, South Carolina is bringing in players that, you know, you really can't afford to miss on, but I don't think they're going to be misses. I think this is a, a foundational level recruiting class that Carolina's bringing in. I think they're going to do really well in the transfer portal. And, you know, Shane Beamer, if he can do anything, he's proven that he can recruit. I mean, the key, the guy got Spencer Rattler. The guy got Juice Wells. I mean, you look at those two different polar opposites. You have the former number one quarterback in the country and a wide receiver from James Madison. And you look at what the Gamecocks are bringing in this year with the, with the Rocket Sanders. And I, I'll put Shane Beamer up against anybody in recruiting. And it's a, it's a perfect time to mention that the one thing the Gamecock coaching staff and all sports need help with is name, image, and likeness and NIL collectives. Um, right now, through the end of the month, I know that Garnet Trust is doing a dollar-for-dollar dollar match with a $1 million donor. So one person's $1 million can turn into $2 million. If you're so inclined, I would encourage you to do that. we got to get this Gamecock Collective off the ground. Otherwise, I just told you the schedule. That's what it's going to be for the foreseeable future. So Gamecocks are, are doing what they can, and they're doing as they're squeezing every bit of juice out of this fruit right now. So um, if you want to help out with that, you can go to the Garnet Trust website, find out all that information. You can donate a dollar, and the millionaire is going to donate a dollar too. So pretty cool thing, and um, just excited for all of that. Looking around at the college basketball schedule, um, South Carolina, I believe, is on a week break. Um, well, it's halfway through the week for me, but – South Carolina won't play again until Saturday, and that game Saturday is against Charleston Southern. Uh, if you look at Ken Palm ratings, South Carolina is projected to win that game by 23 points. They have a quick turnaround December 19th against Winthrop at home. South Carolina is projected to win by 11. And then another quick turnaround, you're basically looking at, uh, wow, three games in seven days, um, Gamecocks will host Elon at home and they'll close out the non-conference Saturday, December 30th against Florida A&M. Um, Gamecocks should finish the non-conference at 12 and one, which is, you know, absolutely fantastic to, to say you're 12 and one and your only loss was by five points on the road to a, a pretty good, pretty good team that we will not, um, name on this show tonight, but 12 and one. And then you look at, um, Saturday, January 6th, Mississippi State at home. Mississippi State's a pretty good ball club. Gamecocks could be 12-1 and to open SEC slate with their fifth consecutive home game. I would love to see the CLA, Colonial Life Arena, packed out for all of these games if you can get there. I know it's tough, but um, Gamecocks, you know, if you want to go to one of these games in December at home, I know that they're doing a – you got to get the Go Gamecocks app, I think, but – you can get free hot dogs, free popcorn, free fountain soda, and free bottles of water um, for everybody that attends games, uh, men's and women's, the the rest of December. Um, I do plan to be at the game December, Saturday, December 30th. I can't make the games in between. But um, if you want to go to that game, you want to say hello, please let me know. I'd be more than happy to hang out with you, talk some Gamecock sports, and then I'm going to try and get there for Saturday, January 6th as well against Mississippi State at home. 
But Gamecocks are looking pretty good. If you missed it in Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology on ESPN, he has the Gamecocks as a 10 seed with the first round bye in the NCAA tournament. Uh, that's a good thing. You know, it's it's a heck of a lot easier to be in the conversation early than have to fight your way into the conversation. And the SEC is going to be a tough conference. Um, always is a tough conference, but South Carolina is playing really good basketball right now. I thought the win over East Carolina was a tough, gritty win that a lot of South Carolina teams would not have won in the past. And, you know, watching this team and watching them run an offense that it's clear they're running an offense and the way they play defense and the way they feed off each other and the way they can shoot, um, I'm really excited about South Carolina's chances this year for an NCAA tournament bid. Um, You know, if you go back to the preseason, I had concerns about South Carolina. I thought they would probably finish, like, 10-3 Ten and three in the non-conference. I thought that Virginia Tech would be a game too early, too quick for them, but that has not been the case. I was a little worried about the Grand Canyon game potentially in that tournament, and obviously the Gamecocks found a way to win that game. Gamecocks are playing good basketball, so get out there and support them. If you can't go to the games yourself, you know, make sure you're watching them, and and you know, just go Gamecocks there. Like I'm so happy for them because. The women's basketball team is just the cream of the crop in women's college basketball, and I don't think it's going to change for as long as Don Staley is the head coach of South Carolina. And I'm just so happy that you know both programs have the opportunity through this December to gain even more momentum and excitement and really make Columbia a basketball town again like it was during the Frank McGuire days because South Carolina in particular has a lot of basketball fans in the state that just want something to cheer about. And... Gamecock fans, just get excited. I think that this is going to be a good, good season on the, on the on the court for both teams. Outside of that, y'all, I I don't have much more for you. I hate to say it, but um, you know, we're still tracking all of this um, transfer portal stuff. If you're a member of the Big Spur, you know, you're seeing this. If you're not a member of the Big Spur, I definitely encourage you to to go ahead and hop on and enjoy this fun. It's a it's been a really really fun ride so far, and. There's only more content and more information coming. Remember, it feels like, uh, it kind of feels like a whirlwind, but this transfer portal does not close for a little bit. And I think that, you know, you have first National Signing Day coming up, then you got second National Signing Day coming up for these high school kids. And then before you know it, it'll be another transfer portal window and more players will be out there. And South Carolina's got to figure out who they can get, who they want to get. And, and look, you know, just because, you know, there's a transfer portal right now, there are a lot of players that are playing in bowl games that have not announced that they're going to go to the transfer portal that South Carolina is monitoring. So um, just stay stay in the loop, y'all. I'll do everything I can. I I can't wait to to talk to all of y'all on, on Monday night, and I encourage you to get there. Um, I know it's late, but. You know, it's always so much fun to have all the conversation that's going on on the YouTube channel and encourage you to get there. Again, y'all, thank y'all so much for your time. You know, there's only one thing that you have, you know, a limited resource of, and that's your time. And for you guys to spend this time with me, I'll, I'll never forget it, and I'll never take it for granted. It's the most valuable thing you have, and I thank you. Um, so I will talk to you on Monday, but hope you have a great rest of the week. I hope you have a great weekend and and go Cox.